New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. My name is Ralph. If you don't know me, I want to welcome you if you're a guest. I'm part of the pastoral team here. In working with uh, some friends, did anybody just notice what I did? I identified myself as Ralph first. Did anybody catch that? Because I'm not Pastor Ralph. My identity doesn't lie in being a pastor. I'm Ralph. I'm the gift that you'll receive today. I am the gift that you will receive today. Ralph. Now, I'm part of a pastoral team. That changes. That'll shift. It'll change. Giftings change. Times change. Talents and gifts, it's progressive. They develop and grow. So just remember, kind of building off what Chris Dupre released over us last week, it's about who you are. It's about being. It's not about doing. So good morning. I'm Ralph. I like that movie, Wreck-It Ralph. It brought back my name. <laughs> you know, God has a heart. You know that God has a heart? And God has a heart for you this morning. It's always an honor to be able to bring a message, to share what I believe God's releasing over his people. It's always an honor, the preparation, the prayer, the seeking the Lord. And I believe that we're going we're gonna, to uh, begin, begin something today and kind of develop it through the month of August as we prepare for fall. Um, August is a great month. It's kind of that, you know, you're looking forward to the end of summer and you're already, I don't know if you're like me, but I am already looking ahead to football season. Tonight, the Buffalo Bills are playing tonight. How amazing is that? The Pro Bowl. No, the, the, the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. But September is awesome. Fall is awesome in, in western New York. So God's heart for us today. What is God's heart for us today, right now, at this very moment? I would even believe it's, it's our heart as a team. The wellness of his body. The wellness of his body is always on his heart. How is this beautiful bride of Christ doing? How is the body of Christ doing? Is the body of Christ healthy? Is the body of Christ whole? Is it growing? Is it maturing? Is it developing? Is it walking? Is it reigning in life? Is it, is it maturing? And, and the truth is God's heart is for the wellness of his body. And at New Hope Community Church, we are a healthy body. And we want to continue that. But we're an active, healthy church. But one of the neat things about being a body is, is this idea of is rising up or, or developing or walking to the full maturity, our full potential. I can say that we haven't reached our full potential. We haven't. So there's a full potential. There's a developing process that is in the heart of God for us corporately as a group of believers and obviously as you as an individual. And I would even call this the abundant life. There's an abundant life that we still are going after. There's a fullness of an abundant life. And some of the themes that we have even spoken since the beginning of the year... I think I have to give this quote to Graham Cook. Uh, What you speak over a person is what rises up in a person. The power of life and death is in our tongue. 
So what you speak over a person is what rises up in that person. That little five-year-old who's running to school, that kid's screaming out for somebody care about me. Somebody put some boundaries in my life. We don't know what his home life is, but obviously it's manifesting. Young man, you're, this is who you are. Speak it over him and watch what rises up out of that young man. And we want to see all God's kids, we want to see all the saints empowered, walking in their anointing and their grace. Walking in the anointing and the grace. Abril, are you still here? She's serving somewhere. Where's Abril? Abril, there's Abril. How many of you noticed that when Abril began to talk, she began to put action, act, it was activated, the anointing hit her. Did you feel it? So what's neat about it is God is in Avril, and she could be nervous and, you know, public speaking, all this different things, and what am I going to say? Am I going to screw it up? But the minute she starts walking in her anointing, in her gifting, boom, Holy Spirit's there. I heard a, a beautiful uh, lady from Bethel Church out in Reading, Havilah, say that what God does is he takes our natural, and when he breathes on us and we're walking in our anointing and our grace and our giftings and our talents, super comes. So now we're supernatural because we're operating as that gift who we are. We're not trying to be or do something we're not. And all of a sudden we're supernatural, walking and living, empowered by the Holy Spirit, walking in our anointings and our grace. And remember, you are the gift. So I want to read a passage of Scripture from 2 Timothy 1.6. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. We'll do the NIV first. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. I love that. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul's writing. For the spirit, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. And the New King James. Therefore I remind you, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I want to do, um, I want to do the Amplified, which is really good. Everybody knows the Amplified Bible is obviously it's Amplified, right? It, it, sometimes it could be too many words are being spoken, but let's just break it down a little bit. But I like it. That is why I would remind you to stir up, to rekindle, rekindle the fan. Uh, I want to breathe and, and, and the flame, fan the flame and keep it burning of the gracious gift of God the inner fire that is in you by means of my laying out of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of cringing or of fear, but he's given us a spirit of love and power and calmness and a well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. So it's interesting because Chris Dupre did this last week. He linked the two last week. And I had been preparing, and when he linked the two, I honestly can say, I don't know if I've ever linked the two that way before. Stir up the gift. 
Rekindle the fire. Fan into flame that which God has put into you because I've not given you a spirit of fear. So obviously, we need to hear that word because the spirit of fear will keep us from our destiny. Right? The spirit of fear will hinder, block, roadblock, fear. Do I risk again? Do I trust again? We'll get into that a little bit. But the fear, the fear is one of the key issues here. So we're going to... so. The, for the next several weeks or so, even as we head into the fall, we have an assignment from the Lord. And the assignment is to begin to stir them gifts and to begin to rekindle things and to begin to look at each other in new ways. And I'm going to share a story that will help uh, illustrate this a little bit. But here's a question I have. We're going to ask Holy Spirit to do something later, but even now let Holy Spirit begin to talk to us. As the Holy Spirit wants to stir and fan into flame them gifts that are in you. What is in you? And, and then sometimes we begin to recognize things that we, we have been told and it's been good. Ralph, you're a coach. Ralph, you're a teacher, whatever. But here's what the Lord has been also speaking. What else is in you? What else is in you? We're on a journey. We're on a journey of discovery. And this is progressive. So this beautiful passage in 2 Peter 1, stir up the gifts. So we're going to go after a few things. Uh, we're going to take a bite of it today. We're going to lay a little foundation today and build on it. So we're gonna, we want to see the gifts stirred up. We're going to stir each other up. But here's what's interesting about stirring up. How many of you have been to a pep rally? Right? Coach Ralph, cheerleader. Woo! Stir it up! Right? Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Two weeks later, what's going on? We've got to stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Right? The Holy Spirit doesn't want a pep rally. What he wants is he wants to stir you up. He wants to activate you into action. And then Holy Spirit wants to have a sustainability in you. That actually you can be a self-stirrer. I like my martini shaken, not stirred. I don't drink martinis, but James Bond quote, right? James Bond quote. We want self-stirring Christians. Self-stirring Christians who know who they are, walking in their gifting, walking in their graces, walking in their anointings. Because when you know that, hope rises in your heart, and there's a continuous behavior in your heart. So we're going to go after a few of these things, but I want to set the tone a little bit by telling a story. I've given myself, oh, whoa. Forgot to set the timer. Okay, sorry. I'm using a bunch of fun tools. I got the iPad going, the iPhone going. Okay. Kind of keep me on track. I'm going to tell you about a story. Set the tone. And how many of you remember Dragnet? The names have been changed to, to protect the innocent. So in this story, uh, we're, we're going to do a time period. The time period is the, the late 80s, early 90s. So late 80s, early 90s, there's uh, young men who come to know the Lord, and there's uh, an excitement about being born again, and we're going to call one guy Frank and one guy John. So let's do, have a little fun here. Frank, his world is in the church, John's world is outside the church, okay? So to make this simple, we got the church realm, or the, in the church, or we got outside the four walls of the church, okay? So... Who's Frank? Where's Frank living? 
in the church. Where's John living? Outside the church. Okay, the culture at the time of the church, and this was for a lot of churches, the church culture at the time, to be nice, was there's a lot of hoops to jump through in the, in the, church, in the church culture. There's this hoop and that hoop and that hoop and that hoop and this hoop and that hoop. And there was a, uh, it was not a, they didn't put it on the walls in order to be a leader here, in order to be effective here, in order to be a kingdom-minded person here. In order to really love Jesus, you've got to come through these hoops. But it didn't take very long for you to realize that you had to go through the hoops. And John wasn't going through the hoops. John didn't fit the hoops. So John didn't fit the hoops. Frank fit the hoops perfectly well. So what's interesting about Frank and John is they both had giftings and talents. There was a call of leadership. There was a call of teacher. There was giftings that God had given them. Because when you walk in your giftings that God gave you, there's anointing. When you're walking in your God gift, there's anointing. There's fruit. There's a grace. It's really not that hard. Um, One of the things I've had to wrestle with my own personal life is is that identifying that what even I'm doing right now is a God gift and has changed over seasons and there will be a day where I'm probably not going to be a pastor speaking in front of people. And guess what? I'm going to be perfectly fine. What's my first calling? I'm a son. I'm loved. I'm a son. Wherever God has me, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be doing his will. But John and Frank... Both had giftings. They all had obvious calls of leadership. Some of, their, some of their giftings were they loved kids, they coached, they impacted families, they touched families. And there were opportunities for both of them. One was inside the church and one was outside the four walls of the church. You know what happens when you walk in your gift, when you're stirring up the gifts? All of a sudden there's opportunities. And what's beautiful about opportunities is there's favor. People recognize all of a sudden there's favor on you. They don't even know how to describe it. But you get that big account at work that nobody else could get. There just seems to be things that that you you recognize the favor of God. There's influence. You have influence in people's lives and hearts just because you're walking in in the place you're supposed to be. And you have impact. And both guys had a great sense of purpose and fruitfulness. Both men. But here's what's interesting about the story. The church realm at the time was very limiting. It was limited. I think, I think New Hope Community Church, I'd say we're, we're a small congregation right now. We, we might effectively touch 150 people. There's bigger churches of 5,000. There's churches of 800. We have a responsibility right now. We're serving, shepherding, pastoring 150 to 200 people, let's say. How many of them people have a call within the four walls of the church? It would be very limiting. You understand where I'm going with that? If everybody wanted to be a pastor, if everyone wanted to speak on Sunday, and their only significant area, their only validation of their significance or their realm, if it had to be here, wouldn't it be awful? Wouldn't it be? Because it sure is to me, I mean, from my vantage point, that is so limiting. 
So sometimes the church had this limitation, and it seemed like you had to go through ten hoops, and then you had to conform to a certain style or a certain way. But outside the four walls of the church, it seemed to be wide open, open heavens. I could, be, I could actually be an individual. I could actually walk in who I was created to be. And what I'm saying, honestly, is I think there was more opportunity outside the four walls of the church than there were within the church. And the church began to get toxic and unhealthy because there was competition. And, you know, God forbid Jonathan rises up and be a teacher because i got to get him out of the way. And, and Rick could be a, a beautiful uh, pastoral gift or Dan or somebody. See, so there was some ugly, toxic, toxic things happening within the church. Get that picture? And here's what's interesting. God was in both of them men. You understand? God was in both of them men. There was a time when, God get, when God's gifts and his talents in his saints were not appreciated or valued unless they were used or seen in the church setting. You getting that? Because that's important. This is the... the The essence of the story is right there. There was a time when God's gifts and his talents in his saints were not appreciated and valued unless they were seen and used within the church setting, the four walls of the church. We've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. We've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. Outside the four walls of the church is, is the actual kingdom reality of where most of us live and move every day. Outside the four walls of the church. Today is a gathering. It's a celebration. We love to worship. I love the fivefold ministry, which are gifts to the church to equip the saints, to equip the saints to go do the stuff outside the four walls of the church. And when we gather, we should be doing, all week should be testimonies. And Averill, how'd that, how'd that teacher's time go? And Averill's taking your mountain. Carol's going. The, I mean, all of us should be actively involved outside the four walls of the church. Here's what's interesting, though. When we, when we, okay, don't, don't get sidetracked. Sorry, I get, I get moving a little fast. Okay. We've come a long way, but there's still more to go. What's God's heart in this? God's heart in this is that every believer would know they're loved and secure as sons and daughters. That every believer is discovering on a journey, a process, what are these gifts and talents and how can they be used to further the kingdom of God. So the little tiny church realm, which was so limiting, is now the kingdom it's bigger, it's broader. So we've come a long way, but there's still more to go. How many of you know that God put in you as a person the desire to be significant? Every single person wants to be valued. Every single person wants to be valued and appreciated. Not just a small group of people who seem to be doing something great for God who seem to be, because that's a thin veneer also. So the story of Frank and John, what person did God love the most? See, it's obviously both, right? But you know what? There was a time, 
And I'm telling you, I've had people sit across from me at a desk and say, what I'm doing is greater than what you're doing. Literally. I mean, anybody else? If you haven't, you know, there was a time when God loved the full-time vocational pastor more than anybody. Because obviously he had the anointing and calling and he was a shepherd and he was getting paid or whatever. What person did God love the most? He loved both of them. They had different gifts and talents to be used in different places. We don't want radical pendulum swings to now all of a sudden the man of God or the guy is pastoring. See, we don't want to tilt him out of the picture. Follow me? He's operating. The truth is Frank was operating in his callings and his talents. And he was needed within the church. But the church has grown. What gifts and talents did God value and appreciate the most? Both of them. What we do is we compare. Wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. God's investment in you. Your gifts and talents are more important in the church than outside of the church. Get rid of that. We're going to do something today. We're going to break that off of you. If that's what you believe, that's a lie. The story of Ralph and Frank, some more wrong thinking, was that gifts are more important in the church and outside of the church. I already said that, but it's important to understand that. The other story of Frank and Ralph, at this time in church history that we experienced in the late 80s, early 90s, and a little beyond, was the idea of competition and comparing. We're still dealing with that. Competition and comparing has to be overcome for the wellness of the body. The body works together, functioning together when there's no competition and there's no comparing. When we see the beauty, when we see the beauty of every member and we value every part and we understand the callings and the giftings of God within the church and and outside the four walls of the church. Dick O'Reilly and I have had a fun week this week. We've been meditating on this theme. We've been meditating on 2 Timothy 1, verses 6. And I'm going to share a few thoughts. And I'm going to have Dick has a piece of this. We're going to tag team. We're actually going to do a little tag team. Dick's got a part of this that he's going to communicate because he has some, he has some great insight and experience in this. But just a few thoughts before we go there. When we stir... Why, when you read, we need to rekindle or stir? Shouldn't you ask yourself, why did it need to be stirred? Things settle. Ever make a soup? Ever have some chili? Things settle to the bottom? There's some sediment. There's some residue. A a, a swimming pool, Dick was using the the swimming pool, the stuff sits on the bottom. You got to stir it up. You got to stir it up. And when we stir it up, we don't want a pump-up session that lasts about 12 hours. We want to, uh, Dick had this line, it was cute, who remember the song? Build me up, buttercup, just to let me down. <laughs> build me up, buttercup. We want to stir you, we want to build you up, and then we want to let you down. That's an ugly process. That's not a healthy process. How about build you up, buttercup, so we can let you go? Build you up, buttercup. Abraham had an idea. Go, Run. Permission's been granted for every idea that's in your heart. Permission's been granted for every dream that's in your heart. Permission's been granted. 
The healthy leadership team says, go. Not, well, let, let's see if we can manage that, control that, figure that out. No. Build me up, buttercup, so we can let you go. And then there's some roadblocks. And I'm going to let Dick talk about the roadblocks that we sensed that today was essential to attack a few roadblocks, a few things that might keep us from the sustainability of God stirring in our heart, and then we want to have a time where we invite the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. So Dick, come on up. Give Dick a hand as he comes. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, give you the mic. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Oh, we can take it now, sorry. There's a value that we even begin to see, like when you see him today, I don't care what your experience is with this guy. Just <laughs> clean, clean your lens. Clean your eye lens. Gifted teacher. Gifted teacher, great insight. Gifted teacher, great insight. Okay? Dick, you got five minutes. We actually practice this. He knows what he's got. Go ahead, buddy. Why do you build me up? <laughs> Buttercup baby, just to let me know. It's, the Lord will give me songs sometimes. Not the whole song. Now, just an introduction. Sometimes you go from there. It's stepping out in faith. Carl Jenks, a long time ago, said something. I remember way back in the day. And it's never left me. And he said, you know, the church... It's not supposed to be the field. It's supposed to be the force. Yeah. You know, and Jesus' heart spoke and he said to people as he stirred them and he said, look out there, the wheat fields. Yeah. I need workers because I planted my seed among them and that seed has gone into them. And the seed is exceeding in great promises whereby people can become partakers. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, what has happened to so many of us is that we have lost sight of the promises of God because we haven't walked in the faith that's there. And so many times, as, as Ralph has said, we have let the devil eat our lunch. We have walked sometimes from here to there in the faith, and it's gotten weary because sometimes we've taken our eyes off the promises of God. But faith, folks, is something's imparted from heaven. We live by yeah, the faith good. of the Son of God. The spirit of faith is what rises up in us. But so many times we've seen that faith as something that's for me. And we become the comparison. We look for results. We see what is success and what's not. We fall to what's called a rubric. Do you know what a rubric is? Hmm. A rubric is where they go in and they look at a teacher sometimes and they say, oh, this person is able to have engaging activities, is able to place you know, uh, the impetus on the student to be able to discover and to come up with their own learning environment, you know, uh, understandings, and they place this environment, which is a good thing. Then you've got the teacher that, well, they tend to get out there and they pump out the information and they do call out a few, although they left a few aside, and then it goes down from there. But there's rubrics that we place on ourselves, and those rubrics are not born of heaven. Mm. And so unfortunately, so many of us time have bought into sometimes victim mentality. We have seen the pitfalls and we've seen the things and the enemy has spoken into us and said, you know, you don't raise up to the standard. And we fall to those religious ideas yeah. that bind us. Those are the ties that bind us. Go back in history for some of the older folks and some of the youngers. Back in the end of the 60s, there was a, there was a consciousness about, oh, we're polluting the world. And we, we need to take a look at those things. We need to, and we did beat a lot of acid rain, at least in the USA. You know, there's other places that have those problems. But, you know, there was a campaign that was on, and sometimes cartoons on Sunday will have a political undertone to them. Do you know what I'm saying? 
there's a message that's underneath the message there. And there was a cartoon character by the name of Pogo. Yeah. Anybody over 50? Or yeah, Don't raise your hands. Pogo. And in this dream, Pogo goes up to the top of a hill. And he's walking up there, and it's just trash. And he's climbing over trash and through trash. And, oh, my gosh, look at all this stuff. How can we go? It's just bogging us down. We can't get anywhere. Why is this trash? What's taking place? And he gets over the top of the hill, and he sees a sign. You can look this up on YouTube. This is all out there. And it says, and he comes back, and he says, I've confronted the enemy. I've seen the enemy. And guess what? It's us. We were the ones that were causing the situation. So many times, folks, we've taken on victim mentalities. Yes, the enemy is partners with us, but unfortunately, the flesh so many times partners with some of the lies of the enemy. And we right. have been bound up, and we lose, we lose sight of the fact of the great promises that God has. But you know, none of us have the right to become a victim. Jesus good. was the victim on the cross for us. Can we say amen to that? Yeah, it's good. He took the victimization away from and said, you know what, you no longer have to wait under your own observations, your own things. Wait under the lies of the enemy to just come to, to bind you. The enemy has come in this day and age, and it says he'll weary the saints, and Daniel, he'll weary the saints, and, and speak words, and speak pompous words, and, and give us things that are unwarranted suspicions about the goodness and the grace of God. And we don't realize those little subtle things are little quiet voices behind. Mm-hmm. Another quick little testimony. I used to hear this as someone, I'm not going to mention who it was, very close, very personal, that had influence on me. And they talked about the fact that they were not, their dreams were not always realized. And they said they had plenty of aptitude, but few accomplishments. And Carl, bless him today, keeps coming up because some of this is the history of this place, and I'm connected with that. And he says, you know, Dick, he says, that's a joke. But there's times when you get down and things aren't appearing and the enemy kind of wants to stomp out the hopes that you've had because it's been deferred and your heart's become sick. Those little voices that seem like a joke, lots of aptitude but few accomplishments, that's a curse. That's right. That's a curse. And we broke that. I don't know if you remember that. Wasn't that something? That was some amazing ministry that night. Do you know that you have things inside you that God wants to see broken because they're born of the flesh? You know, faith is born of heaven. You understand that. And faith glorifies Jesus. And the things that were robbed back at Adam in the garden was the biggest thing was the access. We talk about now the line was broken. We didn't have open access. Okay, that sin was on us. But you know who lost so much? Was the Father for times past he purposed for us to walk in triumph, walk for victory. He had great, exceeding promises, and he had a great vision for us. But access was now denied him also. Jesus restored that. He is the veil. Yeah. And the veil was ripped from heaven to earth, and now so the Father has access to us. That's his hope. Folks, we have looked too many times at inadequacies and the impossibilities of the situations, and as many times as people would come to encourage us, or the Lord would encourage us, we go, yeah, but... You don't know my circumstances. Right. You right. don't know my situations. Good. Yeah, but I know God. And you know what? You need to place your hand in the hand of the man, okay? Yeah. That stills the water. That's good. And those disciples, we're singing it at my sister-in-law's wedding in a few weeks, so we've been practicing that. But uh, it's right here on my heart. You know, the disciples, when they were in the boat, and they're going across, and they've seen some of the miracles of, of Jesus, and they've seen the hand, and they've been called, and they begin to confess him as Lord, and I've gotten some revelation, but 
they were used to, you know, boats, and they were used to fishing and storms and water. When they got out, they saw what was coming. The tempest, things rose, things got wild. But this is what they dealt with a lot of times. And so they became, it said, they became afraid. But they had enough faith to go back to Jesus who was sitting in the boat. And, of course, he's not focused on the storm. He's focused on in heaven someplace. So Jesus wakes up, and he sees the conditions of their hearts. And he sees that they are afraid. But he also realizes that he's going to be gone someday. And you know what? They're going to need to stand and speak the miracles. They're the yeah. ones that need to go speak to the storms. They're going to be the ones that are going to come up and triumph glorious and be a church okay, without a spot or wrinkle that will fulfill the desire of God. But right now, there's a lot of work. They need work. <laughs> And when he begins to speak to them, and they begin to see that, oh my gosh, this is what we were supposed to do, it says they're not only afraid, some translations said they were terrified, or they were exceedingly frightened. So what's more frightening, folks? Taking a look at the things that are around you, or the fact that God wants you to let go of some of those things, and take you beyond, and take you to the other side. Good. You know, I said to Mark this week, it was, it was a good testimony of faith, and one of the things I spoke to him was he was a first fruit. And, you know, we, we all love him, and, and you guys have gone through some things that maybe I hadn't because we were out eight years, and then we came back. We had gone through exceeding changes, my wife and I. And, you know, and we let go of some of those things that would speak to us, and we came back, and God has restored, and he's done some wonderful things. And I have a people, and I, I have a pastor that's a buddy. It's been a long time. And so I'm happy about what's coming down in, in, in situations. But, you know, fear can grip. And I, and I said to Mark, I said, you know, God does want to take out the things you know, that have hindered us and the lies that we've spoken. And, you know, the enemy has, as we've walked through sometimes the shadow of the death, yes, it's been tough. There's been hell in the hallway, and sometimes we've bought into those things that would beget us and would weight us down, and we've lost sight of the promises and haven't interpreted anymore that some of the trials and the things that were out there really were to increase our faith and to draw us into a place of God where we could receive the promises, okay? And we've seen ourselves out there alone. I don't want to lose sight of that because we want to move on here in a moment. But I want to say that that with Mark, I said, you know, Mark, God wants to do things with those who perhaps have been hindered a bit, who have bought into the victim, who have bought into the fact that they're not enabled any longer, or the fact that maybe they've taken unwarranted suspicions of who the character of God is, and it's robbed them, and they can't walk in freedom. But you know what? Sometimes the Lord will call on the good things. That's right. When God took Mark out of what he did, did he take him out of a bad thing? Was this a bad thing that he did in all his faithful service? No. Sometimes God calls on to let go and to give him the seat. Didn't God That's speak good. to this church, open up the seat next to you? Sometimes he wants you to get off the seat, okay, because he wants to move you on to another place yourself. And also that like faith moves on. That example of faith of Mark moving on calls out not only to those perhaps who have been held back, who have been hindered in their walks, who have lost sight of the faith of Christ, but sometimes even the people who have become content. And so, you know what? We don't need to be any longer holding on to anything. You shall have no strange gods over you. Nothing shall bind you. So what I see in this particular time that's coming up is we're going to be called into action. And if you look at the word act, A-C-T, first we need to become aware. God speaks a word to us and he makes us aware. The second letter is we need to have a concern. A concern of heart. But then what do we need to do? We need to place our hand in the hand. We need to trust. A-C-T. And that step of faith, brothers and sisters, will take us into a place where we don't only just have received things and heard words and heard encouragement, 
but it will cause us now to become a partaker because Christ wants in this time not only just to speak words to you, but to, become, to you to become and to partner with him that you might inherit the, the precious promises that he's given to us all. Amen? That good? That good. That's good stuff. Um, Mark, I'm sorry, I didn't ask you to do this, but I, I like a little background music, Mark, because we're going to have a little ministry time. We're going to build on this over the next several weeks, but uh, as we prepared and planned and prayed, you know, only the Holy Spirit can do what only the Holy Spirit can do. And what we're believing God for even today, if you said, well, what was the objective for today? It would be for you to ask Holy Spirit to stir you again. Not in a weird kind of pep rally way, but in a really healthy way of saying, Holy Spirit, stir me again. Fan into flame the gifts so that I can advance your kingdom wherever I go. The story of Frank and John was just a story to say how far we've come, but we have more to do. But we all want upgrades. Do you want an upgrade? I want an upgrade. Do we want to trust again? Do we want to take a risk again to get out of the boat? We have prophetic ministry after, the mini- after today. I think it's significant because I believe the prophetic ministry today, you will be speaking over people and watching what rises up out of them today. But we're going we're, we're gonna to ask however you want to respond, which is you cannot script a response. You can't script a response. But when Dick was talking about, when we were praying, how many saints have had their heart ripped out of them so now they're, they're broken and they won't trust anymore? And Dick and I had a lot of fun with this. And this is a, you know, I, I get these radical statements. But you are responsible for your Christian life. Not the pastor who burned you 10 years ago. Not the, the group of people that somehow were dysfunctional and it was unhealthy and you got damaged by it. Step up. Rise up. Be who you were created to be. But there's no excuses. There, when you think about hope being deferred, we talked about some people have gone through trauma. Some people have gone through disappointment. Disappointment's real. Trauma's real. Some people have gone through this, this heartache of being passed over. I've been passed by. How many times have I been passed by in the local church? But remember, God's going to stir you and renew your wrong thinking because the truth was you were thinking too small. John was very successful outside the four walls of the church. John had great preparation for his future outside the four walls of the church. John had more significance outside the four walls of the church during that season of his life than he would have ever had inside the church. You understand? So how is Holy Spirit working in you right now? We got, we got gold mine going on downstairs. The kids are going to end with a big pizza party. Parents, you don't have to be in a big hurry to go down there. But how do you want to respond to the Lord? Let it be personal. 
But if you want to come up, if you want to kneel, if you just want to soak, whatever you want to do, Dick and I are just going to take a few minutes and release some things over you. We're going to prophesy a little bit. We were believing God to break some things off of you so that you could move forward. So, Father, as we close this morning, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the gifts, for the talents that you have placed within every single saint. And, Lord, we breathe on the saints their identity and their value to you. And, Lord, for every single person here, that they would be on a journey of discovery. What are them gifts and talents? How does God want to use me? Breaking off of them past disappointment, heartache, trauma. So beautiful body of Christ, we break off of you wrong thinking. Body of Christ, we break off of you wrong thinking. We break off of you the trauma of being passed by. We break over you the trauma of being disappointed. But now rise up. Dick talked about the victim mentality. Break that off and begin to rise up into your full potential, into God's heart for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For those who have become weary, the Lord says, don't throw away your confidence. It has a great value and a great weight of reward. I've caused you to walk in times of desperation, places where you would come to, where you would cry out to me. One of the most difficult things it is for the Lord, as though, you know, everything seems in, you know, possible with God. But you know what? If I was to say, if I was, and I've heard this before, that if any, if you think of anything that God has a lot of effort that has to be done, is to get you to respond and to align your will with him and cause a willingness within your heart. He has great mercy and he's gone to great length to bring you to a place of need. But it's in that time of need that the desperate heart, that God is much more able to come and to fill you and to give you a living hope. If you before, if your truster's been broken and you've said, Lord, I've tried, 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 you don't need to any longer be to, to suffer under the idea, you know, if you, if you don't succeed at first, try, try again. You know, that doesn't work very well if you're going to go into skydiving does it but you know what a lot of us have said but i've tried you know what it's time to trust it's time to trust and the lord would say see that if you put your heart in your hand and mind and you bring those things to me if i will not show myself faithful and cause you to rise up in a new hope for i am of a god of hope no longer should you be deferred saith the lord and your heart be sick for i am the one who's put the dream and the promises in you that you may be partakers of the great nature but i require and i need and i implore you even this day saith the lord to place your heart and your hand in mine and see if I'm not faithful and if I will not do it. And that you can make that confession that will say that I am totally convinced and I'm fully persuaded, even against hope, and hope as Abraham did, that who he was promised is faithful and he will perform. And doing that, the promises of God will rise up and the hope deferred will become, will become those things now that are a tree of life to your mind, to your soul, to your body, and that you will become an effective member and able to speak the truth and love with one another, that you all may grow up in a habitation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I heard the Holy Spirit say, simply just say yes. Mm -hmm. 
So however you want to respond as we close, as we begin to dismiss, as there's even activity, the cafe is open, the prophetic teams will be released, people can receive prayer. But in, even in, that, in this moment, right now in this moment, we say, Holy Spirit, if you just say yes to Holy Spirit, he will begin to stir. He will begin to rekindle. He'll begin to breathe and fan the flames of them beautiful gifts and talents within the body of Christ that we can be a body that's a demonstration of wellness. I'm going to say this publicly. If there's something in your heart, I want you to know you have a team of people who want to empower you and support you to see it come to pass. So, Father, we pray for dreams that have been dormant. Amen. Dormant dreams. Holy Spirit, breathe. Rekindle the flame. Energy and passion. We talk about this, that, that where the place that we come alive, Holy Spirit, Amen. there are many here who don't even fully know this in their journey. They don't know the gifts and the talents. So we speak to them. You could, be, you could be new or young or whatever, and, and God, you're beginning to discover. So, Lord, we say, Holy Spirit, begin to enlighten, begin to reveal the gifts and the talents and the callings. In every area of life, we bless your people today. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, we just say yes. Our hearts want to respond. Only you can bring this deep into us as a group of people wanting more.